Buana Safiwe. And nobody knows how to respond, right? Because you don't have any clue as to what I just said. I just said, praise the Lord in Swahili. And the response is, amen. So, Buana Asafiwe. Buana Asafiwe. Yeah, hearty amen. That's right. That was the way that uh, most of the services would start whenever we would, uh, whoever got up and spoke, they usually would say, Buana Asafiwe, and, and get the response. Uh, it was an exciting thing to be in Tanzania for a month. I am, but I am glad to be home. Uh, it's a joy to be back with you guys and to share a little bit about what God has done. Uh, in fact, uh, I thought about a couple of verses that I wanna, want you to look at. Acts chapter 14. And we'll have those on the slide uh, uh, on the screen. So uh, verse 27. Uh, but I would encourage you to look it up. And uh, it says, and when they had arrived. In fact, before I read this verse, I want us to think about the book of Acts. The book of Acts if you want an outline of the book, just go to Acts 1.8. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, remotest part of the earth. That's the outline. Jerusalem, chapters 1 through 7. Judea, Samaria, 8 through 12. And then 13 and following are Paul's missionary journeys. And so when you look at Paul's missionary journeys, you realize chapter 14, he's already been on his first one. Chapters 13 and 14 are his first missionary journey. And then he's got the Jerusalem council in uh, verse, uh, chapter 15. So he's just been on his first missionary journey, he and, Paul, and Barnabas. I <coughs> uh, got a little dust from Tanzania still. So uh, uh, I did take the test, no COVID, but uh, got plenty of dust. Uh, and, I, and I'll explain that a little bit later. But, and when they arrived, they gathered the church together. Well, that's what we've done. When we arrived, the church is gathered together. They declared all that God had done. That's the, that's the part to underline in your Bible. It wasn't all Greg did. It wasn't all Paul, Barnabas and Saul did. All God had done. Because we find when we serve the Lord that we began to look for God to work. And when we begin to look for God to work, we see his hand at work, and then we can declare the things that he has done. And how do we know the things he's done? Because they're things only he can do. Only he can change a heart. Only he can touch a life. Only he can make someone go from darkness to light. Only he can, can change the situation. And, and, and so one of the things that I did when I was uh, on this trip is uh, I took notepad on my phone, and I began a, a file that I just called Hand of God. And I just, every day, just thought, okay, where do I see the hand of God working? Where is God working in some special ways? In ways that, that it's obvious that he's doing it. It's not something that we came up with or we created or we initiated. And I began to see his hand at work so much. And I think, you know, we need to do this all the time. All of us. As we serve him, just begin to look for his hand at work. And so that's one of the applications I want to encourage you to do. To see so that you can declare all that God has done. And it's not something that I did on my own. I, yeah, I went on this trip, but I had a whole church family behind me. I had a whole church family praying. I had a whole church family that have given uh, in order to, that we can go to provide Bibles and, and projectors and other things, uh, eyeglasses. I mean, all these different things that God has provided that we were able to do, it's all that God has done through us collectively. This was a whole church 
uh, thing. And it wasn't just our church. It was another church in Alabama and guests in Alabama that also was involved in this process. God used two church families going together uh, to minister to the folks. So every slide you see, I want you to think of it in those terms, uh, that it was uh, God doing it through the bodies, uh, body of Christ. And it says, uh, God had done with them and how he opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. Well, you see that also in chapter 15, uh, uh, before the Jerusalem council. Uh, it said, so that they went through Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the brothers. My hope is, is that this brings you great joy as you see what God has done. It says, when they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they declared again that same phrase, all that God had done. So what I hope this morning you will see is all that God has done, all that he has done in this world. Now, in Acts 1-8, which we talked about, it talks about this phrase, remotest part of the earth. I always, you know, wondered, what is the remotest part of the earth? I mean, what is the ends of the earth? You know, because you've got a, a globe. I mean, there's not an end. There's not like a, a finishing line or whatever. It's, it's, and so you think, what are the ends of the earth? What are the remotest parts? Well, I can tell you we went to the remotest parts. <laughs> In fact, I told a guy uh, that, that had been doing this, has been doing this for years, for the last 20 years, I said, I had a hard time finding these two villages on, on Google Maps. And he goes, if it's on Google Maps, we don't go there. <laughs> and I was thinking, that's remotest parts. When you're not on Google Maps, you're in the remotest parts. And when you see the roads that we, are, we were on, and you won't see those, but I, I've thought about posting one of, the, one of our little videos that I took. I just sat in the back seat and was doing this number, trying to hold my camera still. Because we were going through stuff that looked like old riverbeds. And I mean, water had eroded away the road. And, and you're going toward a tree and then you veer off and go this way. I mean, it was crazy. And you're thinking, this is a road? Uh, and in fact, one time I said, this would be a great place for a road. And, and, they said, and everybody laughs, you know. Because uh, it looked like a goat trail or whatever we were on. So uh, when I was thinking about that, that brings me to our first location. Our first location was a... Um, I, uh, uh, well, I want to show you where Tanzania is first because I thought, you know, some of you guys may not know where Tanzania is. I'm sure y'all are very astute. Probably everybody knows. But, uh, uh, but there's Tanzania. It's on the eastern coast of Africa. It's just below the equator. So it's flipped in terms of uh, heat and cool. Uh, they're going through their winter. We're going through summer. So, uh, and I know you're not going to feel sorry for me, but uh, at night it was, we had to wear jackets and stuff because it was so cold. Uh, and yeah, I know everybody goes, oh, too bad. You know, I feel like I came back to hell to t tell you the truth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what they eat. I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Uh, but uh, <coughs> uh, Tanzania, uh, there's, that's where it's located. Uh, the first place that we went is in the northern part of Tanzania, uh, Tanzania on the, on, almost on the border of uh, uh, Kenya. Uh, and so uh, it's to this orphanage in a place called Taloha. That's the term that we've been using. It's actually also near a place called Karumba. Hi, Karumba. Uh, and so, uh, uh, but you won't forget it now, right? Uh, so uh, uh, this orphanage, uh, this is the first picture of it. Uh, Often the distance is actually Mount Kilimanjaro. You can't quite see it from this picture, but uh, that's one of the buildings uh, of it. And you'll see a little bit of a building that they're, they're constructing on the right. Uh, I took, uh, uh, oh yeah, this is the team uh, of people that went uh, uh, to the first village, to, uh, to Taloha. And, the, and 
to break, we had to break up our trip into three parts. The first part was the orphanage in Taloha. The second part was MedReach, which is uh, medical missions and also a Jesus movie. Uh, and so we did medical help with a couple of other villages. And then the third week, we went to a fourth location uh, among the Maasai and uh, did a, a, what was going to be a pastor's conference. It ended up being kind of a partly pastor conference, partly Bible conference for a church family. So, uh, but this was our first team uh, that went to the orphanage at Taloha. And uh, uh, we did a number of things there. Uh, uh, Oh yeah, here's the, uh, the, the, that building that you saw in that first picture is the one on the right. There's one just like it on the left. Uh, up there at the top uh, picture of the picture on the top right of the picture. And then the building that they're under construction is the one on the left. And what they're needing in their, their, their uh, uh, department of education for the, for the country is putting pressure on them. They need a couple of dormitories. They need a couple of classrooms. They need housing for staff. And they've only been going four years and they already have what they have here. Uh, And so what we went to do was actually to uh, build uh, a chicken coop because the wild animals were getting their chickens and so we needed a place so this was the beginning of that Uh, I mostly helped build uh, dig holes in this thing Uh, and I looked like looking like I'd rolled in this red dirt Uh, in fact I know I still got some of that red dirt in my clothes in my clothes and in my lungs too Uh, uh, that's an uh, it was very dusty uh, where we were at uh, during that time of the year they're going through a drought uh, and so here's the construction of this chicken coop. Uh, and uh, as we got it, uh, un, uh, un, um, after three or four days, we, they moved the chickens in. All the kids found the chickens and, and brought them out there and, and they roosted nicely. Uh, one of the God moments uh, was that guy that you see standing there on the, uh, uh, looking at the camera. Uh, he, uh, uh, I don't know if you can tell, from, you can't really tell from this picture, but he lost uh, his right ear due to cancer. Uh, he also has stomach cancer. And after we got, after he got back, had to go through more treatments. And he wanted to go on this trip because he wanted this to be a trip that he and his son uh, had together because uh, he doesn't know how much longer he has on this earth. And so uh, to, to hear his testimony one morning in devotionals and to, and to hear his love for the Lord. And yeah, he struggled and he shared his struggle, but he shared, you know, I'm not bitter. Uh, I'm not bitter at the Lord for this. And, 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 you know, if I were to say that, it's one thing to hear a guy that's going through, has gone through cancer and is going through cancer and may not uh, have much longer to live on this earth. uh, That was really, really powerful, a really powerful moment. And here he is. He was the brains behind building this whole uh, chicken coop. And you see half of it, the other side of the building we had for uh, goats and, and, and sheep. And so, um, uh, it was just a, uh, uh, an amazing thing that we were able to do for the orphanage, but they, we also did, and I don't have pictures of this, we did rainwater capture, uh, where we were trying to uh, capture, uh, put gutters on buildings and then put uh, buckets next to them so that they could collect rainwater. Just last year, they got a well, and the well only works whenever the sun's up because it's run by a solar panel that they had also uh, just put up in the last year. Uh, and, and it was a real God thing that they had water at all because, you know, they would drill and it cost quite a bit to do the drilling, uh, uh, but the, uh, they hit water the very first time they drilled, and they would have, they would have charged them for every hole that they dug. And so uh, that was just a praise. But they didn't know how to exactly 
conserve water. And so they just kind of let the well run all day long anytime the sun's up. And so uh, they're going to ruin the well if they do that. So, you know, there's some things that they're going to have to learn, some education that needs to go on because they just don't understand about some of those kinds of things. Uh, it's also... Um, uh, we uh, had someone who was uh, making dresses for girls. Uh, she was doing that and had, and had uh, two or three of the uh, nationals who were also helping her. And you see the sewing machine in the background with the little foot pedal because uh, there's no electricity there. And so uh, they were working uh, uh, to uh, uh, cut, cut out these dresses and to, to sew them. And so, I mean, uh, that was uh, uh, just a blessing to, to, uh, for them. One of the things that... We didn't realize until you, you saw them, are, are these kids every day, all of a sudden you begin to realize they're wearing the same clothes they wore in the last two or three days. That's because it's maybe the only clothes they have uh, or they, they, the other ones they're washing or whatever. And so, uh, they, I mean, they have very, very little things that we take for granted. Uh, they, they are very thankful for. Um, this was uh, the, uh, we got a chance to go um, see some of the surrounding neighborhood. Uh, and, and the surrounding neighborhood was, uh, I use loosely because these places were a long way uh, from each other. Uh, this is called a boma. Uh, it's where Maasai uh, have their house and they have their, uh, have this uh, fence that's just made of uh, whatever they can find uh, to try to keep elephants out or try to keep things from um, uh, uh, out uh, from their goats and chickens. And one of the things that uh, happens uh, during the year is uh, they have their goats and their, if they have cattle uh, the men will take them out to pasture uh, in other places because there's no as you can tell there's a whole lot of just red dirt and not a places for them to eat uh, but what happens is they end up leaving their families with nothing uh, they just go and, and they're taking care of the cattle and their family's got to fend for themselves. They don't leave them food. They don't leave them anything. And there's no refrigeration. So it's, you know, you've got to deal with the day-to-day -day type stuff. And so it's a lot of rice and beans because that's something that, you know, you don't have to refrigerate until you cook it. And so... Um, some of these are beginning to show up at the uh, orphanage. And in fact, the, the head of the orphanage uh, said that he hates to even go outside uh, first thing in the morning because there may be a, uh, a group of people there. They haven't eaten in two or three days. And they're, they're like, can you help us? And, and, and he, that means he's got to take whatever food he has for the orphans and spread it even thinner uh, to be able to help these people because he just can't you know, bear to uh, not do something. But the interesting thing is the whole purpose for building that orphanage or one of the purposes not only to minister to the kids and, and have education for them, but to minister to the surrounding community. Well, that's happening. Uh, but they've, they've, they've just got, uh, uh, you know, it's happening faster than they thought it would happen. They've, they've only been around four years and they've already got some of the things that they have. So, uh, uh, you know, just every time that this other church, in fact, there's two churches that have been, have taken this orphanage on as a project. Uh, one of them uh, is paying $3,500 a month to be able to help them with their monthly needs and, and teacher salaries and that kind of thing. Uh, the question is, what happens if that pastor leaves? Will that church continue to do that? And so we're trying to get that uh, orphanage. Where they're beginning to th be thoughtful about how can we get this orphanage to be self-supporting. And so they're, they're, uh, in a couple of months, they're going to put up a website where you can sponsor a child, uh, $50 a month. Uh, we're, we're, they've got a garden where they can do food. They want to do beehives, which was something that I thought, well, I can help them with that. Uh, but uh, with beehives to, to be able to have not only 
only food for the kids, but also stuff to sell because honey's um, a valuable commodity. And so, uh, but this is where they come out of. They come out of these kind of bomas. And, uh, uh, and so uh, it's just, uh, uh, these are four of the guys uh, that are Maasai. Uh, that that uh, uh, if you'll notice, they had a campfire there and they had cooked a, a goat. And, and so they were all excited about cutting off pieces and giving them to us. And, and of course, I prayed really hard and then said, okay, Lord, and here we go. You know, I don't know if this was up to 160 degrees internal temperature, you know. Uh, I didn't see the probe, uh, you know. And so, uh, and, and I saw the goat in the tree. I didn't give you that picture. They, they kind of just stuffed the rest of the goat in this tree. And I was like, this is really weird. What is this? Uh, and I think it was just they were going to cook it later. Uh, so, I mean, it was just, you know, Things like that where you're just trusting the Lord uh, through that. This is a, the final day. They put up these tarps and they have the kids. Uh, that's about all the kids in the orphanage. There were 96, I believe, in the orphanage. And uh, uh, I had to get this picture from my wife uh, for Operation Christmas Child because uh, she's been collecting animals for those. And so I thought, oh, she'll love this picture. And uh, in fact, it looks like one of the bears still has a tag on its ear. Uh, but... Uh, uh, just a just a cute picture of these 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 little kids, these precious little kids who just uh, uh, you know they're they're hearing about the gospel. They're they're being raised by a, by uh, Christian leaders and Christian teachers, and and so it's just a a special uh, part of. Um, uh, of, of what we did was that first week in, uh, in uh, Taloha. And it was, it was pretty basic stuff. That, uh, uh, and, and I'm looking forward to them improving uh, just simple things like uh, uh, med reach. The next two weeks we learned a lot and said, oh, these guys are doing it right. We need to do some of that in the orphanage when we go. And so uh, next year's even going to be better. I want you to look at Psalm 100 with me. It's a, it's a powerful psalm. I was just, my heart was full of joy, of, of thankfulness to the Lord. And I just, I thought of this psalm. And so uh, um, it says uh, in Psalm 100, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. And I just take those first three phrases, make a joyful noise. You know, that first phrase is, uh, uh, you know, one, uh, one of the primary ways that that word is used there uh, that's translated to make a joyful noise is, uh, is a war cry. And I was thinking, well, that's not what it's talking about here. It's not talking about a war cry. It is used in other places that way. But it's also used in the sense of just cheering. Uh, we see this in uh, 1 Samuel 4, 5 when the ark was recovered and, and the people of Israel cheered uh, for this ark. They, they made a joyful noise. Um, the uh, uh, it's used in Ezra whenever the temple was beginning to be uh, rebuilt uh, by Zerubbabel and the people cheered. And there were some cheering, but there were some weeping because they had seen Solomon's temple. And so uh, they, they were sad that it wasn't going to be as glorious. And yet there was this cheering and this excitement that, uh, about God's temple being built. Um, in uh, Job 38... Uh, it says the sons of God at creation gave this joyful noise. And I was thinking, nobody did anything uh, except God in that particular case uh, in terms of creation. And all creation was, was cheering God, was cheering. You know, I was thinking of that picture of, of a ball game where your team scores and you're cheering your team on, right? And I was thinking, here we're cheering God on. And that, that helps me with that second phrase, to the Lord. That this cheerful, joyful noise is made and it's directed toward the Lord. It's not directed toward us. It's not what we did. It's not directed toward <coughs> the church. <coughs> it's not what the church did in, in praying and giving. It's what God has done. 
This is what God has done. We're just being faithful to follow him and do what he asks us to do. And he's doing the work. He's doing the heavy lifting. He's the one that's making, making things happen in ways that you just couldn't imagine. And so uh, this idea of to the Lord, there were a number of phrases that I just kind of, as I was wrestling with, how do, how do I make sure this joyful noise is to the Lord? And, it's, and, and I just came across a few uh, phrases um, uh, when I do it for him. And yet it's not only for him because we think, oh, I'm doing this for the Lord. No, we're doing it with the Lord. That's the next phrase that I came up with. We're doing it with him. We're serving with him. We're, he's allowing us to co-labor with him in ways that we could not imagine. And so we're getting a chance to do things with him. And it's directed toward him. And like we sang about, it's, it's, it's not, not I, but Christ uh, through me uh, or, and, and me being in Christ. Uh, that's what's happening. That's what's really going on. I'm just living by faith. I'm just walking in the direction he leads and then he does stuff and I, if I'm paying attention, I see his hand at work and I know it's only him. And so when I come back, it's, it's praise God for what he has done as we just simply serve with him. Uh, and so um, it's to the Lord and it's all the earth. All the earth. Here's a Jewish writer, songwriter, not just talking about Jewish worship, but all the earth cheering God on as they see his, the, uh, the good works that we do and they give glory to, to the Father. That's what Jesus says. And we, it's amazing how many people that, that I know that, that aren't necessarily fans of, of evangelical Christianity, not necessarily fans of, 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 of the Bible, when they hear about some of the things that we did, like with the orphanage, they go, that's really neat. That's really special. That's, that, and, and you can tell they're, they're really moved. They're touched by that. And, it's, and it's, an, it's opportunity as we reach out beyond ourselves and help those who, who have, have nothing. It's amazing what, how God is glorified, not only in our own hearts, because my heart is full. I've, I don't know whether I helped more or, uh, or blessed them more than they blessed me. I would certainly come back incredibly blessed. My heart is full. And it says, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. And that was one thing that I saw in them. In fact, it, it kind of shamed me a little bit. I see their, their joy in what little they have. And I think, I have all this stuff. I have all this in our, in our country. I need to be rejoicing in the same way that they're rejoicing. I need to live that way. That needs to be the, the story of my life that I'm serving with gladness, not serving with drudgery, not serving with because I have to or I feel like oh, I ought to. Uh, it's not any of the ought to or have to or must. It's I serve the Lord and it gives me joy. It gives me joy to serve him. It gives me joy to watch his hand at work. In fact, not only joy, great joy. As I, as I see what he does and I go, wow, you used me to do that? You, you, you touched this person's life? I didn't think you were going to do it. I didn't think this was going to happen. And God did some special things. Um, well, we went to uh, Kamatananat, uh, was our first school that we uh, uh, went to. Uh, that's one of the ones that I had a hard time finding on Google Maps. I finally found it. Uh, but uh, we, we always, with MedReach, went to a place where there was a school. We went to a place where uh, nobody else had been before. Our bus broke down here. This was one of these trips where we had a guy that had a stroke. 
Uh, and some of you have been praying for him. He's actually uh, back uh, home in Gadsden, has been to church with his wife. He's, he's still got some medical issues and concerns, but, uh, but he's, he's doing pretty well uh, considering. Uh, that happened, so we lost three team members. Our bus broke down right when we got to the sign, so we took a picture at the sign. Uh, and then uh, our, our luggage truck broke down. I was just kind of one of these things, uh, all right, this, there's, there's going to be something special happen at this trip because uh, there's a lot of obstacles and uh, causing us to walk by faith uh, or more faith. Uh, and uh, one of the things that we, uh, the places that we went to, I told you the remotest part. What remotest part means, you're not in a hotel at night. That's what remotest part means. Uh, and the roads are terrible. Uh, you know, you're, you're just, you're doing this number. I've got pictures of them. You're like, this is crazy. But uh, most people will do ministry about an hour and a half away from the major cities or really from the last hotel. And so when we go beyond that, we go four hours off of asphalt. Uh, we're going to be staying in tents. And, and we're ministering to places that have never been ministered to before. But we do look for a place where a school is so that we can have some rooms for ministry. This is the inside of uh, my tent and just kind of gives you an idea. It was pretty spacious. It was actually pretty decent as a tent uh, uh, goes. Uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've done tent camping, but uh, uh, God was good. Um, uh, the key phrase that you want to know in Swahili when you're there is Wapi Cho means where's the cho? Where's the bathroom? Well, this was our bathroom out there. Uh, it was uh, makeshift, but it did have a toilet in it, and, uh, uh, and, and it was very uh, airy, uh, which was nice. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, this was the uh, kitchen slash storage slash dining room. Uh, you see at the end some pots on some uh, burners, propane burners. Uh, that table in front of that was where we put our coffee and everything else. Uh, uh, we uh, sat around and ate in those chairs on the outside. Uh, the, this guy standing in front of a place where we had solar so we could charge up our phones and that kind of thing. I mean, Medreach did it right. I mean, they, they really had some uh, decent things. They even did our own water. If you've ever been to a third world country, you know water is an important thing, especially clean water uh, that, that doesn't cause you, uh, you know, all sorts of uh, 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 problems and so uh, we had our own water filtration uh, so we had good water um, we had a pastor's conference at both of the small villages and uh, about 50 people show up uh, at the beginning you'd have about 13 and you're kind of wondering are there going to be any more people showing up and uh, uh, what would happen is some of these people had to feed their animals and then they walked a couple of hours to get to the uh, to the place and so they started showing up and they were just faithfully there every day uh, and so you just started teaching we taught bible study methods because we wanted them to learn how to study their bible we taught them evangelism explosion because we wanted them to be clear on the gospel message. Uh, we taught uh, Old Testament, New Testament walkthrough. Uh, and so we just uh, did a number of different things. In fact, some of you women uh, know, for, uh, you know, I started clapping, you know, with them and, you know, 5, 12, 5, 5, 12, uh, you know, so uh, that's the Old Testament. And, uh, and then 4, 1, 21, 1. Uh, but then I had to learn it in Swahili so I could say it with them. 
Tano Kumanavili, Tano Tano Kumanavili, and, and I was doing that with him. I said, hey, if I can learn Swahili and learn your numbering system, you know, you've got you to learn this too. And so it was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, they knew when I started clapping my hands or when I started doing this, it was time to, to kick it into gear and just teach them how the, uh, the history of the Old Testament, the history of the New Testament, the, just some outlines that would help them with each book of the Bible. And so uh, as, they, as they studied it. Uh, and so uh, it was great in these small villages. I actually had a chalkboard behind me, so I was able to use that in teaching. I loved that part of it. Uh, this is a guy, uh, Susan knitted that hat for me. He was cold one morning, so I gave him my hat, and I ended up giving about half my suitcase away, you know, shirts or whatever could, to people that I thought could use them. Um, uh, and they were very grateful. They were very thankful for all those things. Uh, we, at the, the last day, uh, the Bibles that you guys provided, I thought there were some study Bibles, but there weren't any in Swahili. And so we gave them study Bibles, concordances, Bible dictionaries, uh, so that they would have uh, resources at their disposal as they studied. Not everybody in there needed a Bible. And so we gave those who needed Bibles, Bibles. We gave concordances to as many as we could. Uh, and it was just a joy to see uh, how they received it. Uh, and they always, it's amazing how they always wore jackets or coats or whatever they had. And it might be something really worn or threadbare, but they were, they wanted to show respect and honor. Uh, the last day, this is a picture of the pastors that came. And you notice that I'm wearing a shuka. Uh, that was uh, what the Maasai would do. They would, at, at each village, whenever we'd get done, they would do a celebration at the end and they would give us this piece of material and they would tie it on us and, and gave me a stick there, which was a shepherd's stick, uh, where they'd use that to, I saw that afterwards, how they'd guide sheep and lambs and stuff with, uh, I mean, sheep and goats with, uh, with a stick much like that one. Uh, and then that uh, thing that I have in my lap uh, is, I guess you use it to beat away animals. I'm not real sure, but they, they gave it to leaders. And so they said, this is something that leaders need to have. And I was thinking, I don't know what you use this for as a leader, but it kind of made me nervous. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, but it was just, uh, uh, I mean, just to see for you, they're just a bunch of faces. But for me, people that we were able to invest in over a period of a week. And then uh, uh, we're hoping that uh, uh, some ministries are coming behind us. In fact, we have one uh, Grace Institute that's going to uh, uh, go to our last location and, and do some follow-up, uh, teaching them small group uh, skills and, and that kind of thing. So... Um, uh, we are also able to give a, a projector and, uh, and, and the other church uh, raised money for a computer. And so we were able to give this to a key leader uh, who is going to be doing some teaching. His name's Chris, a really neat guy, uh, loves the Lord, a good leader, and, uh, uh, and so uh, excited about what God's going to do through him. Um, uh, to give you an idea of the setup, and I know everything looks kind of small, but I wanted to give you kind of the big picture. Uh, that tent on the right, uh, and you can barely see it through the trees, was a triage. And what we would do is we would, people would go there first, and we would take their temperature, we would take their blood pressure, uh, we would... Um, uh, write down what their presenting symptoms are and that kind of thing so that whenever they went to the doctor, they didn't have to try to figure out because there were some language issues. Uh, it was not only did they speak Swahili, some of them spoke Maasai, some of them even spoke uh, a form uh, of Arabic uh, from uh, uh, Iran, Iraq kind of area. And so uh, there, was, there was always need for translation and so there was lack of clarity sometimes as to what the symptom was and we didn't want them getting to the doctor and the doctor's spending all his time trying to figure out what the problem is. And so triage was a really key part of uh, the efficiency of it because we saw 1,200 people each week. 
Uh, so 2,400 people. I, I'm, I know most doctor offices, I bet you don't see 1,200 in a week. And so, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, that's a lot of people. So we had to uh, put them through there. Well, the next step they went is to the, this tent over on the left, and that's the evangelism tent. And we'd share the gospel with them. And I got a chance to do that on, a, on a, an occasion. Another guy did it for a whole day because uh, our main guy is 78, and he was kind of not feeling tired, not feeling good one day. And, uh, but, uh, and, and, he, God, that was another God moment for me because I would expect a guy that's doing evangelism would be this, you know, energetic, outgoing, I mean, just, you know, almost flamboyant kind of guy, you know, sharing the gospel with great passion. I mean, this guy was, was basically had his notes and he kind of stood there and, and it was almost, you know, just kind of the enthusiasm. You think, uh, you know, if I would have coached him and say, hey, you need to show a little more enthusiasm, right? But he would just, he was very clear on the gospel, and people would come to Christ. I mean, a lot of people, and it just really confirmed to me, this isn't about us convincing people to come to Christ. This is just the power of God's word. The gospel is the power of God to salvation, not our presentation. And so God really used that in my life to help me to see, no, I'm doing something special here. And about half the people that we shared the gospel with came to Christ on, on, on any given day, or at least made a profession of faith. Now, do we know that they hadn't done that before? Or what? No, we don't know. God knows that. We're just sowing and, and planting and watering, and, and God's causing the growth. And so we got a chance to just do that on a regular basis, and we had 2,400 people we shared the gospel with. And that doesn't, in the two-week period, and that doesn't include the Jesus movie where we were seeing about 150 to 250 people a night and about half of those were also making professions of faith and so you're looking at a couple of thousand people that profess to come to faith in Christ during that two-week period I mean that's just amazing and the fact that we got to share Christ with about 5,000 people is just really powerful I mean you think about the importance of that well uh, they would uh, this uh, I think if from the picture before you'll see there's a group of people in a row to the right the far right uh, and so here they are. Here's some of them. They're waiting to see the doctor. So now this was before it was all set up. You'll see another picture later in the other village. This is when we were setting up the pharmacy to the right and then doctor, uh, doctors over to the left of the room. And so they were all in the same room and so they could get seen by a doctor and then they come and get pharmacy, uh, pharmacy stuff. I can tell you it was really helpful to me having five doctors on the trip because, you know, when I was having this cough and, you know, dust and stuff, uh, I mean, I could go to five doctors. I mean, this is amazing. And just say, hey, you know, what should I do about this? Oh, here, try this or do this, you know. And uh, it, was, it was great. Um, uh, this is an evangelism tent. And, uh, and this particular day, we had this, all the school children that were there. Uh, there was, you know, three or 400 school children that, that were going to this school. And they were around listening to the gospel as well. And so uh, uh, it's just amazing the opportunities that we got while we were there. Uh, in between the two weeks... Uh, we got a chance to go on safari. And, and so uh, if you go with me next year, which I would love for you to go, it's an incredible trip. Uh, you can go one week and then go on safari, or you can do the second week and go on the safari and then go, uh, or you can do both weeks with the safari in between. I mean, either, any way you want to slice it. But uh, we went to the safari and saw some incredible animals. Uh, sometimes you ask the Lord, God, why did you make this one? Um, you know, he's, on the he's on the list of the five ugliest animals. Uh, you know, you got the big five uh, game animals, or this is on the big five ugly ones, and uh, I think he tops the list. Uh, and so, you know, I'm just thankful. Okay, God, I'm glad you didn't make me like that. Um, 
There's lots of things to be thankful for. We got to see elephants. Uh, this one was at, uh, we were at a bathroom stop and there was an elephant just right there. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, zebras were everywhere and uh, just loved uh, being able to see them uh, and be, uh, be around them. Boomba. <laughs> hey, Timon. And you know, it's a... Uh, just a, and it was hard to get one of these guys with his head up because they were all rooting around the whole time. Uh, and so, uh, and, and everybody made fun of me because it seemed like every time I started to take a picture of an animal, it turned its backside to me. And so I just thought, well, I could have a really different kind of, you know, uh, photo album than most people do of their African animals. Um, and so this one was actually uh, our last week. Uh, I got to see this giraffe up close, and uh, it was just a, an amazing blessing that God had for us. The other school that we went to, Dumanang, uh, it was uh, a similar setup with MedReach, except uh, here you see the line of people on the left going to the triage tent, and then to the right you'll see in the shade of that tree people waiting to go see the doctor, and they were waiting to go in that door to the right. Uh, here's what triage would do. You see he's got the pre blood pressure cup. Uh, you see the, uh, the uh, temperature uh, thermometer uh, on the uh, on the right side of the picture, uh, him writing uh, on the piece of paper, and they were to take that page and, and go and, uh, and present that to the doctor. Uh, then they went to the evangelism tent, and these are some of the ones that are waiting uh, for that to happen. We would just, it was a nice place for them to sit out of the sun as well uh, before they, uh, because we had so many people. Uh, this is the pharmacy in action. Uh, you see that uh, the light hanging down, uh, that was uh, actually uh, solar powered. Uh, it was uh, part of what MedReach does. Uh, we also had uh, the pharmacy to the right, and then you see a doctor in the corner. There's another doctor. There's a, that blue curtain is if they needed to go behind uh, the blue curtain uh, to have any kind of uh, needs taken care of there. Uh, we also had the pastor conference, and at the pastor conference, we gave away ties, and, and that was something they were excited to get. You know, it's just amazing, just the small things. Uh, we did uh, jewelry, uh, bags of jewelry that people had put together for some of the ladies, uh, and so uh, we had them hold up their Bibles and their concordances just so, uh, for our sake, so that we could get a picture of them, and you could see, uh, uh, you know, some of them would have Bibles, some concordances, some both, and... Um, this is a picture of uh, the, the pastors that came to the pastor conference uh, that second week. Um, this is a picture of the Jesus film. Uh, we had it outside in this particular case uh, at a church, which was nice. The church actually had electricity, so we didn't have to run the generator. Uh, but um, uh, <coughs> they'll, they'll go to any number of places to be able to show this uh, film. And uh, uh, it was just a... It was very cold nights uh, when, when I was there, but it was just a real joy to see what God was doing in that regard. Uh, this was a guy that we met on the right there. Uh, he's a, a, a part of a, a member of parliament. And I was thinking, that's interesting that God allowed me to meet a member of parliament. And actually, the, one of our key, key partners uh, is his secretary, his personal secretary. And he's been wanting to get away and do ministry. And, and God has, uh, has allowed him to be connected to this guy. Uh, there was something that I wanted to talk to him about and, uh, while he was here. And uh, uh, it was one of those God moments because... Uh, uh, I had to go to the bathroom, came back. He was already in the car and, and getting ready to leave. And I just kind of looked at our, our partner. I just kind of went like that. And uh, he went and talked to him. The guy got out of the car, came and talked to me about the, the thing that I wanted to talk to him about. And then he put his phone number in and all his information, his full name, everything, which came in handy on a couple of occasions. 
Uh, because he said, call me about anything. If you, you, know, you need something, or you get stopped uh, at, in some situation that you need help in. And so the very next day, the very next day, we needed his help on something very important. And, and so I just called him. He picked up on like second ring. And, and I said, Flaute, uh, uh, we need some help with something. And, and he took care of it. He made it happen. And I was just thinking, he was getting ready to get in his car and drive away. And I wouldn't have had his number. He came back and gave me his number and I needed it the next day. That was a God thing. That was just a God moment. And so I was just, you know, just these simple things and, uh, about uh, just watching God at work and watching him take care of us in some of the smallest ways uh, was just very precious to me. And so, you know, it's, it's when I look at this, uh, continue on in Psalm 100, it says, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And I was thinking about that word know, and, and, and we typically, you know, we think know that the Lord is God. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I know that. No, that's not what he's talking about. Okay, I know that. What he's saying is experience God. That word know is used in Genesis when Adam knew his wife, right? And they had, a, had, had Abel. And, and it's, it's this, this intimate knowledge, this experiential knowledge. It's, 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 more, it's more than just intellectual knowledge. And how do we know that? It's when we, when we serve the Lord with gladness and we're looking for his hand at work that we see his hand and we see what he does and we know he is God because we're experiencing it on a daily basis. And I think that's the way we should be living all the time. We we follow him and we look for him to work. We expect him to work. We don't just go, well, I hope he works. No, we expect him to do something, something precious, something special. And we sometimes don't know what it is. Those who are getting ready to go to Ecuador, the Simmons family, uh, that fell through. There's a reason God allowed that to happen. We don't know what that is yet. But God has a purpose in that. One of the things that you learn and when, you're, when you're in places uh, like, like we were is be flexible. Because you don't know what's going to happen that day. And stuff that we were expecting didn't happen. And stuff that we didn't expect did happen. And, and God just provided. And we just kind of walked on this journey with him. And walked by faith. And it was just such a precious thing to know he is the one who made us. We are his. We are his people. And the sheep of his pasture. The sheep of his pasture means he's the shepherd. It means he's leading. It means we're following. We're following Jesus. And we're simply a church family learning to do that in a global way and in a local way. That we do it here and we do it globally as well. Well, our last week, uh, we got a chance to be in, uh, 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 with a group of the Maasai. And it was there inside the conservation area authority of Ngoro Ngoro. That's the place where everybody goes on safari. That's where you pay $70 a day to be able to be in here. And the reason that people don't go minister to them is because they feel like it's too expensive. For three of us to go, it was $210 a day, not counting place to stay, food, anything else. And yet, God provided. We were able to go because our churches provided. And so... Um, this is a, a Maasai village that we were passing by. It was incredible. It felt like you go, went back in time a thousand years, uh, except for there was one of these that I took a picture of. I, I think it's on my Facebook pay, post. It has a solar panel in the middle of one of these thatched roofs. <laughs> and I was like, 
I was like, wow, 21st century meets Stone Age or what? I mean, it was just amazing. And uh, to see uh, some of that kind of thing, they were so excited that we were there. They were greeting us. Uh, the pastor there to the left, uh, uh, the, these people were uh, all colorfully dressed. Uh, uh, and that was the first day we saw the giraffe. And I, if I would have been fast enough, I probably could have ridden that thing. But... Um, uh, and, and, and Matt said he, he'd, he'd love to see a picture of that. Uh, so um, uh, in that location, I didn't even have a chalkboard, marker board, projector. And so it really challenged my teaching skills. I was teaching them Old Testament, New Testament survey. So I just had people come up. Uh, I had a person come up and sit in a chair and stand so I could show them about the divided kingdom, you know, uh, Judah and Israel. It was just like you just come up with stuff as you're, as you're going. And uh, it, was, it was great joy to teach these folks. And, of course, uh, I put too many pictures of me preaching. But uh, 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 this one was uh, we got a chance the last day. This is only uh, about a few miles away from the airport. On our way out of town, out of the country, uh, we stopped at this school. And, and one of the things that they're going to do to try to raise, and I don't remember if I said this uh, this hour or just first hour, but they're going to uh, have a website and it's hopefully be done in a couple of months where they're going to, you can sponsor a kid. Well, they're going to be able to sponsor kids from this school too or are disadvantaged uh, in this Christian school. And so um, uh, when, I, when I look at all that God has done, I'm just, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed. Uh, I, I'm only giving you kind of the, uh, the, the 30,000 foot view, not the day-to-day -day view. There's so, I, I had about a thousand pictures, so thankfully I didn't show you all of them, right? Uh, but, um, but my heart is full with joy for the Lord about what he has done and, and, and excited about us as a church family that we got a chance to gather to be a part of this amazing uh, experience. Uh, and, and I would love, and I'm, I mean this sincerely, I would love for you to go with me to the orphanage next year or love for you to go with me on, the, on one of the MedReach weeks uh, as, we, as we reach out. It'll probably be this time next year. It's too soon to have uh, dates, uh, but uh, be thinking about it, praying about it, about what God would have you do. Um, but in uh, verse 4 of Psalm 100, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. And so I feel like that that's what we have, uh, what, what I've been doing ever since I, I left. It's one of the reasons why I chose this psalm. But then it goes back and focuses on the Lord. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love, his hesed, his covenant love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. We have an amazing God who, who uh, allows us to, to be able to serve with him. What an incredible thing to serve with, our, with the living God. And he allows us to do that. He could do it so much easier and better, simpler on his own. Uh, he doesn't have a problem with dust, you know, causing, you know, upper respiratory stuff. Uh, and yet he allows us to go. He allows us to be a part of what he is doing in the world. And, it, and he does it, I think, in part just to bring joy to our hearts as we get a chance to participate with him and seeing him work. And so uh, uh, I hope that this week uh, you're making a joyful noise to the Lord. I, I, I would lead you in some sort of cheer, but I'm not a cheerleader. So I, I think you'll have to kind of do that one on your own. Um, but uh, I want to encourage you to come into his presence with singing. That's something that I saw uh, every time we had a meeting. Uh, they were not only singing, I mean, they were moving. You know, I mean, we're standing there, you know, my, with my hands by my side, I'll worship the Lord, right? I mean, they're moving and they're, and I mean, they're, they, the Messiah, they have some sort of little shoulder thing they do, you know? Yeah, that's what they did whenever I tried to do it. 
They were so graceful and they were all doing it together. I was going, how do they do that? It was just, it was, it was an amazing sight to see. And uh, they just loved worshiping the Lord. And I was thinking, you know, when I first came to Christ, one of the things that uh, the guy who led me to Christ or was key to lead me to Christ did was he showed me the first week how to have just a daily time with the Lord. And he, and, he, and he taught me a simple chorus, turn your eyes upon Jesus, and then showed me to, you know, read one verse, and then, and then you know, how do, how do you understand the verse, and, and showed me a few Bible study skills, and then we prayed together. And I've been doing th that, some variation of that ever since, and I was thinking, you know, I wouldn't want to encourage you, come into his presence with singing. And you think, well, I don't always feel very joyful and I remember what uh, 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 the uh, founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, Bill Bright, said. He said, he's talking about prayer. He says, you know, I want to pray when I'm in the praying mood because I hate to waste such a great opportunity. He says, but I also want to pray when I'm not in the praying mood because I hate to stay in such a pitiful condition. And so I just think, you know, we, we, when we come to this psalm, you know, we're not going to always feel like doing the things the psalm says. But I want to encourage you to do it. Take those steps and let God lead your heart. Uh, I want to encourage you to follow him as you walk with him. Uh, God may lead you down some paths that you didn't expect. I would never have thought that I would be in Tanzania, uh, uh, especially, you know, at, at this stage of my life. Maybe when I was younger, but, but, but God's doing some neat things and he's touching my heart and he's moving my heart in some special ways. And so I would encourage you, go with me next year uh, and let's trust the Lord together about what he's going to do. And, and you think, well, I don't have the money. That's part of the journey. Uh, you send out prayer letters and you trust the Lord for the, for the resources to come in. Uh, I mean, every trip I do, that's what I'm trusting the Lord for. Um, and so I just want to encourage you, pray with me uh, as we look forward to what God is going to do. Uh, there are some neat opportunities that, that I have because of, of Tanzania. Uh, one is uh, potentially going to Pakistan in November uh, to work with some of the refugees that we uh, helped get out of Afghanistan. Uh, you know, and, so, and some of them are, are turning to Jesus. Uh, and, so, and it's amazing some of the stories that I could tell you about that. Um, uh, have an opportunity to go to U Uganda or Uganda in uh, uh, in January and February uh, to Tanzania to do some uh, more pastor conference things, and then next June. So I mean, it's like all these opportunities. I don't know which ones I'm supposed to take. It's part of the faith journey. Uh, I don't know which ones God will pro provide for, uh, and so I'm trusting the Lord too about what what is what do you want from us here at Mansfield Bible, and what do you want me personally to do, and and so. Uh, I pray as we go forward. Let's trust the Lord, and I would love to have you with me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your amazing love and grace. We thank you for the <coughs> all that you've done in Christ. Father, we know that you're the one that's doing the work. You're the one that's touching hearts. You're the, ones that, uh, the one that provided uh, for us to go. You're provided for us to be able to give to these people the things, the medicines, the Bibles, the glasses, uh, all the different things, the projector, everything that we were able to do. Father, you provided more importantly for us to be able to teach them how to study your word and, and the clarity of the gospel. And, and Lord, I just thank you for all that you, that you did. I thank you for the responses to the gospel and I pray that, that uh, those who uh, made those professions of faith would now grow in you. 
Father, that they would grow and understand your word more. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, help that to be ongoing from these pastors that we got a chance to train. Lord, I thank you for your love for us. And Father, what a, what a, my heart is full. Uh, uh, Father, I, I'm, I'm full of joy uh, just seeing your hand at work. And Lord, I pray that you would just continue to guide us as a church family in the way that you would have us to go. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name and all the people of God said, amen. 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 Well, thank you so much for coming today. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. That is certainly a joyful noise. Uh, thank you so much for coming today. I hope you have a wonderful day.